if you're afraid that scaling your personal brand is going to be impossible because it's not going to be good for you, it's not going to be good for your team, and it's not going to be good for your clients, I really challenge you to rethink about it as actually this is the best thing that you can do. You're listening to the Visionary CEO Podcast, a series for entrepreneurs who want to escape the day-to-day grind while scaling their business to seven figures and beyond. And now, your hosts, Brianne Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. It's season three. Welcome to season three of the Visionary CEO Podcast. I am Brianne Dick, and I am joined, as always, by Jill Giovanazzo. Jill, welcome back. Hello, welcome back to you as well. It's been a bit. I feel like it has been forever since we were behind the mic because, you know, we did a bunch of batch recording. Now we're back. (laughs) It's always fun how that batch recording just kind of shifts things and perspectives a little bit. But hey, it works. We're here. And this season, as always, we're recording from the traditional unceded territory of the Qualicum First Nation. And we're mixing it up this season a little bit because I feel like we're playing Mythbusters this season. I did have that feeling as well. Yeah, this idea we're going to be tackling some of the myths and essentially misinformation that many entrepreneurs get fed about growing their business and scaling their business, especially in this online coaching and consulting space that we inhabit. Yeah. So now the lawyers told us we can't actually call it Mythbusters because, you know, trademark and all that kind of stuff. But if you want to like be imagining the theme song in your head, I won't complain too much. I want the fluorescent light splash on the back behind me here. (laughs) Do you have a favorite Mythbuster? Like Grant or Jamie? I think Jamie, if I was going to pick one, but they're both pretty. Yeah, like the whole team is pretty good. The the whole team in in general (laughs) is pretty good. I think Jamie, I just like the little bit of humor. There you go. And actually, that I didn't plan on this, but that's actually a pretty good segue into the first topic and the first myth that we want to bust this season, which is all about this idea of having a brand versus having a personal brand. You know, we've got Mythbusters, but then we have the individual Mythbusters, right? And there's always this interesting dynamic in any form of media, entertainment, as well as in business, coaching, consulting, courses, all of these, where it's, do I have a personal brand or do I have a business brand? And I think there's a myth in there about which one of those is better for scaling and which one of those is worse for scaling. Oh, there's absolutely a myth in there. And it's, for me, a lot of the times it shows up when we're talking with our clients about how do we scale them and get them out of the day-to-day and yet still have it be like, they're still the ones that the clients are asking for and actually balancing that out of scalability and still being the thing, the person. Yeah, the brand. And so many people started their business under their name. I mean, I started, when I first started (laughs) online, the the name officially legally of the business is MNIB Consulting. And the story behind that is when I started the business, I didn't know what it was going to be. So I figured my name's never going to change. So it was mynameisbrianne.com was my very first URL. (laughs) And I think a lot of people, whether it's for that reason or just because it's the thing to do when you are the coach or you are the service provider or you are the consultant, you end up with this personal brand. But then it gets challenging, as you're saying, Jill, because it's like, well, I want to go beyond this. I want to grow beyond just me. 
And the way that I've heard this said most often, I think, is that that if I want to have my business go beyond being dependent on me and and have it be something that can last beyond me being there, it can't be a personal brand because the mm-hmm. personal brand means that I have to be involved. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny when you go and you compare that and contrast that with so many personal brands that have grown huge like oprah yeah. and beyonce anyone and, who has a gonna... single name that they're known by basically and it tends to be an entertainment that we see this or like uh share or elvis or all of these personality brands and yet i think about it and like oprah i don't know if she's crossed the billion dollar mark but she's certainly like hundreds of millions of dollars she's a personal brand and mm-hmm. i would bet that if you were to like call them up you wouldn't expect oprah to pick up the phone like you wouldn't expect her to be the one uh negotiating like oh. it just wouldn't be the thing there's a big team behind her and there needs to be <laughs> yeah right And for me, it comes down to then what's really going on behind this idea of people won't buy if it's not me. If I'm not the one doing the work, if I'm not the one doing the selling, if I'm not the one doing the delivery, people won't buy. They don't want to talk to my team. They don't want to talk to someone else. They want to talk to me. Well, and we see this with those kind of media brands like the Oprah's, the Beyonce's, the Ellen, Elvis, you know, all these, like we said, single name kind of brands. If you're going to see Oprah in person at an event, you expect to see Oprah in person as an event. And so I think that's where this idea comes from. Oh, yeah, I can build my personal brand and have a big team. But if I'm not involved in some level at some degree, then people aren't going to want to buy. They're not going to work with me. And I think there are a lot of counterexamples that we could give to this. But I actually think the most relevant counterexample is one of our clients who was wholeheartedly in belief of this myth. And so we asked her to tell us a little bit about how this myth showed up for her when she was thinking about scaling her business and moving beyond a personal brand. My name is M. Shannon Hernandez, and I'm the founder of the Confident Expert Program and the creator of the Content Personality Wheel. My business is mshannonhernandez.com. Please come and visit. We are doing amazing things in the world. So I had a myth, and this myth was that I couldn't scale my business because it was a personal brand and that people wanted to only work with me. And this myth really held me back for a couple of years because I believed it was true because I was the face of the brand. I was the personality of the brand. I have a really strong voice. I've developed methodologies and frameworks that only I could teach, or so I thought. Sound familiar at all? Absolutely, yeah. How many times do you think you hear that in a, a week or a month? Uh, I don't know how many times in a week or a month, but I'd say at least 90% of the people that we have as clients or even those that don't end up becoming our clients, but I talk to about scaling their business, say something pretty much exactly along these lines. Yeah. And it's this idea that I think it's really common in the industry that if you want to scale, even if you keep your personal brand as the company name, you need to emphasize the trademarked name of your process or the name of your product so that 
people who buy from you don't come in and expect, oh, I'm going to meet with the founder, right? So in Shannon's case, the example would be she would have to rebrand away from Shannon so that when people bought, they weren't expecting to work with Shannon. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of true. Yeah, this idea of it's not this idea of relying more on process and and that sort of thing. Like there's elements of that and, and we'll get into that. But I think there's more to it than this. And I, I think there's other fears that are underlying this belief that we need to tackle first if we want to be able to get to the root of what's true, right? Because it doesn't matter if the truth is you can absolutely scale a personal brand if there's these other stories that are going on underneath that are holding you back. So I'm I'm curious for you, Jill, what are some of the other things that people assume have to be part of this process that may or may not be true? Because I mean, sometimes they're justified fears. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's a couple that come to mind right off the bat. One in particular is one I, again, I hear in conjunction with this idea of they're not going to buy from me is also the fact that I love doing the work mm-hmm. and I don't want to give that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the idea I don't want to stop doing the work with my clients. Like I got into this because I love what I do or because I have a passion. Why yeah. would I want to give that up? Yeah, and what's interesting is that because of that assumption that this process of moving away from being a personal brand means that you're giving up the stuff that you really love to do, y- you can almost end up going too far in the other direction, which is you abdicate your responsibility and then you know your team is left to try and make decisions and they're not sure if they're making the right decisions. You're not sure if they're making the right decisions. And that can be really scary when, like if you perceive that your options are either continue to be the person behind the personal brand doing the stuff or give up control completely and who knows what's gonna happen. And the other thing that often comes alongside that giving up all the control is the idea or the fear that by giving up the controller by stepping back that it's going to the the brand, the business, the experience is going to lose all the things that made it special or unique, all the things that you brought to it. Yeah. No one can clone me, right? No one can yeah. be like me. No one can coach my clients like me, those kind of things. No one has my experiences when I hear all the time. No one has my experience or no one can do the thoughts, have the thought process that I do. Yeah. I was having this conversation with one of our clients recently. They've got a coaching program about courage, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, we were talking about creating uh, content on a monthly basis. And she's like, you know, I just do it. I'm so experienced at it. I just, I know what to do. I know what questions to ask. I know how to make this happen. No one else can do that. Yeah. And especially too, when you've built this business as most of us have, where we start off on our own and then you know we get these clients and then we're thinking about bringing on team, the, the question is how, not just how will new clients respond if they quote unquote find out they don't get to work with me, but also what about the existing clients, customers who feel like, oh, I used to work with you and now what you're foisting me off onto this mm-hmm. other person. I'm not going to get the attention that I wanted. I'm not going to get the expertise. It's not the same. I'm not getting what I paid for. Yeah. Yeah. You actually read my mind. I was going to go exactly there next. And it's a totally valid feature. And I have absolutely seen people go to the extreme and step back too fast and have Mm -hmm. clients actually come out with that feeling 
Yeah. Right. We, Where, we get program know, refugees sometimes <laughs> into the academy we, who they're like, yeah, it was fine when I was working with the founder and then stuff changed and now <laughs> it's not the same. So yeah. it's absolutely a justified fear in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with the clients either. It's often something I hear with our clients is about what about the team? How do I help my team in this transition? Yeah. They've been working with me as the person. Mm -hmm. And now what? So it's you have two sides of the coin. You don't just have the clients that you're also thinking about. You've got your team. And then adding into the trifecta, you've got yourself that yeah. you're trying to balance in all of this. Well, exactly, right? It's like you are concerned, your clients are concerned, your team is concerned, all of these fears, all of these things going on. I don't know that it's necessarily something that's conscious, but I think a lot of people, when they're looking at this, they see what it looks like in the corporate world right they you think about like big consulting firms they usually drop the names and they go with the initials you know j and p <laughs> consulting or whatever right and where j and p were the original founders years and years ago but there's this fear almost that if you're going to scale up in this kind of corporate -y way you're moving away from the personal brand then as you said, Jill, you know you can start to self-sabotage. You don't necessarily feel like it's the thing you meant to build. Okay, let me put it this way. How many companies have we seen in the last year, 18 months, two years, where the founders stepped back and the company has started putting stuff out and it's been like a hot mess, right? You know, think about the conversations around Black Lives Matter, around diversity. Mm -hmm. I remember right after George Floyd was murdered, there was all of this mess, to put it politely, around companies that were not handling these things well. And the problem is that some of these founders were like, oh, it's just my team, it's just my brand. And it almost becomes an opportunity to hide behind mm -hmm. like policy or brand or it's my team's fault and it, it just it starts to layer on itself right yeah. where it's i'm not comfortable with this my team's not comfortable with this my clients aren't comfortable with this and if something goes wrong then it's going to seem like i'm hiding behind policy and not taking responsibility so i'm just going to throw up my hands and say i am not going to scale up either i'm not going to scale personally or i don't know how to scale this personal brand but I don't want to build a corporate brand, so I'm stuck. Yeah, I, I want to take part of what you said and just take it a step back because that's absolutely one way that whole essentially shielding of deflection shields of if something goes wrong, hiding behind the brand or the policies, but also too, this idea of I'm not good enough is the mm. other thing that comes up, right? Is people look at individuals like Oprah or like Ellen or like all of these others or even some of the larger companies that have or personal brands in our space there's a lot of multi seven figure eight figure online businesses and what i think is interesting is when you look at those how many of those have shifted from a personal brand to a more company corporate brand. Rachel Rogers was Rachel Rogers for a long time and now it's all about Hello7, right? These are examples that we see of people shifting and so it's really easy to believe that's what has to happen if you wanna scale. Yeah. And that's the myth. Yeah, 
that it's that is exactly the myth because it doesn't have to be that way. There's opportunities to do scale to to actually scale as a personality brand and not have to give up all of those things. And I think what's interesting is when we really get down to it, going back to this idea of they won't buy if it's not me or they will only want to work with me or they're only going to work if I can put in the stuff that makes it unique, which is me, right? All of these ideas of what makes a personal brand work. I think we have to actually go back to what actually is it that gets someone to buy in the first place. And yes, there are people who buy based on name recognition and brand recognition. Oh yeah, always will be. But is that really what we're talking about when we're talking about scaling a business that's high touch, whether it's coaching or courses, group programs, or it's services, you know, whether it's copywriting or accounting. In in all of these cases, we're not really selling me. I'm not world famous. People aren't coming from around the world because of the Brianne show or the Jill show. I'm, I'm sorry to say, I don't know if you knew that, Jill. They're not coming. Shucks. They might be coming because of Spencer. I was going to say the Spencer show. The Spencer show, the cat show, maybe. They might come for that. But at the end of the day, when people are buying coaching or they're buying consulting or they're buying a course or a program, they're buying it because there is a result that's being promised. And that's the thing that's going to get them to invest. And yes, they might build trust with you, but they're buying because of the result. That's a key thing right there. And I, I want to come back and reemphasize it is that the personal brand, the whole thing about that is about the connection and the relationship that your clients or your potential clients are creating with that brand, with you as an individual, because it's a lot easier to create trust, to create authority, to create connection with a face mm -hmm. than it is to create it with the brand. Yeah. At the end of the day, we talk about this in our language and in the concepts that we teach as your results structure, right? The thing that you're promising and then the way you get people there, or again, to use our language, the idea of this core process. Exactly. And so it's not that, as you said, Brianne, it's not that people are buying Brianne. Mm -hmm. It's that people are buying the results or the result structure and the core process that Brianne is talking about. And they, they relate it to the person that they see. Yeah. And so it's conflating, actually, the two pieces mm -hmm. together. Yeah. And that's where this idea that you can't scale this personal brand comes from is that we have, I think this is true in online marketing in general, but... We mm -hmm. think that everything is about appearances and marketing, and we don't think that the industry thinks that. And so that word conflation, I think, is exactly the right word, which is, oh, I have my personal brand, which is what I'm using to build a relationship and trust. But I also have this process. I have this method. I have this result structure. And that's something that Shannon also talked about when we asked her to explain a little bit of what this process was like for, for her as she was wrestling with this personal brand versus scaling quest. If anything, if you're thinking that your personal brand is what's going to hold you back because people want to buy you, what I can tell you is people want results. And if you can get your process down and in some sort of steps and framework, you'll be able to expand bigger than your wildest dreams and not spin your wheels doing it. 
This has allowed us to scale. This has allowed us to make more money. This has allowed me to bring in other coaches who are working with clients following the systemization that we set up and the framework that we set up. Yeah, and it's just that simple, right? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it is. And it seems so complicated at the same time. Right, because of all of those fears that we talked about off the top, right? The Mm -hmm. mechanism for scaling a personal brand is actually not complicated. It's figure out the result and then figure out the core process, or as Shannon said, the steps and the framework that's underneath it, and then invite others to help you deliver that result. And so long as the client is still getting the result and they're having a good experience and it's aligned with your values, it really becomes a non-issue. Yeah, it does. And it becomes actually a non-issue in the sense also too that it allows you to excel beyond what you could do for yourself. Because, and, and this ties into the team structure and, and probably a whole other conversation that we'll get <laughs> to in more minutes <laughs> that we'll get to later. But it allows you to bring in people whose zones of genius are different than yours mm-hmm. and who can take the structures and take the frameworks that you have created and articulated and put into place and the results that you're trying to get and help the clients get them even better, faster, quicker with less stress. This reminds me of when we were transitioning away from, I mean, it was the Brianne show. People were buying because they got to work with me, quote unquote. And yes, there was a method. Yes, there was a framework. But by and large, what I would hear all the time is like, Brianne, I just want to crawl inside your brain and inhabit that. It was a little creepy, I'll admit. A little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. I'm in my brain. Trust me, you, you don't want to inhabit it. It's messy enough as it is. But... I remember making this transition and I had once, one time, maybe two, one time I remember for sure where someone said, but Brianne, I want to work with you. And I I said to to this person, yeah, you think you want to work with me? But actually, if you've ever tried to be coached by me, that's a terrible idea because I'm really good at the frameworks and figuring out how to explain concepts and and how to come up with things like the result structure and the core process and all of these tools that we've been describing. But you don't want me coaching you. (laughs) I'm just I'm not a good coach. And Jill, on the other hand, is a remarkable coach. She's great at coaching. And I don't know for sure that this person I'm thinking of necessarily believed me when I said it, but I I will say that, what was it, three or four months in, and Jill, you were unable to take a call with her. And I stepped in and I did the call. And after she was like, no, you're right. I am only going to be booking coaching calls. <laughs> with, I, I know exactly who you're talking about because that was right? the first one that came to mind for me as well. And it right. was it was fascinating too because it actually, she said to me afterwards as well that I thought I needed Brienne, but really yeah. who I needed was you. And yeah. it, it was actually just taking this on a small segue as a team member who was coming in through this transition, it was actually very validating. Yeah for me to have that experience that, hey, someone recognizes that it's not just the Brienne show. It's about Mm -hmm. Brienne's frameworks and Brienne, what has Brienne put together? And I am coming in and empowering that with the clients alongside it. 
One, and just to think about how much our methods have evolved and continue to evolve as you've had input, as other team members have had input. We had a conversation this morning. You had been discussing with one of our newest team members about some of the the things that we teach, and and she was bringing in her own ideas and her own experience. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I might be a co-founder, Jill might be a co-founder, but what we have really been able to create is a system and a, an environment where collectively we're bringing this result. It's so reliable. It's so transformative. It's so remarkable for people that they buy for that result. And then they're pleasantly surprised when I hop on you know, a call. And yeah. I think that's the magic, right? That's really what this comes down to. Yeah, exactly. And just to pull it out explicitly, we've been circling around this kind of idea of these couple bite-sized pieces Mm -hmm. that you can actually go in and implement for yourself right away on moving through and on addressing this challenge of being a personal brand and scaling a personal brand. And two of those things are coming back to that results structure and just making sure you're continuing to focus on those results. Yeah, market your results, sell based on results. Yes, you can still be the one communicating it, but spend less time talking about you and more time talking about the result and why it matters and how it's gonna impact their life. Tell more success stories, right? That's what's ultimately gonna get people to buy. Yeah, exactly. And then the second piece, right, is coming back to the team and giving them the ownership so that they're committed to creating those results. It's not a machine. You want them to keep it human. You want them to bring in their experiences. That's where that whole myth, that whole idea, that fear about it's going to take away all of the things that makes my offer unique. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to address that fear. Yeah. That's what's going to counter it is because now you have your team that's bringing in all of their unique pieces and it actually makes it even better. Yeah. So you have this result you really lean on the framework, the process, the core process that it takes to get someone there and then let your team make it better. Let them evolve it. And as you said, Jill, put their own spin on it and grow it into something that's even better. I would say that I, of course, this is what I teach and what I coach around. I have more joy, more time and more money. And in fact, last year, I had 197 days off as a consultant and a strategist, and I had the highest year of revenue ever, right at about $400,000. We do not use ads. (laughs) We do not, we we run a really lean business around here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how simple it can be. And it's still a personal brand but it's not the Shannon show. The Visionary CEO Academy is not a personal brand, but we're still talking to you on this podcast. I still post on Facebook. Jill is still showing up on videos when I force her to be on videos, (laughs) when I force her to be in front of the camera instead of behind the camera. I like peek behind the camera. Just give me a break there. Come on. But I think what Shannon said there that's so important is by allowing herself to find this path forward and letting go of this myth, she was able to have more time, more money, but also more joy for herself. And I think that's the thing that's really important because we talk about you know, more money comes from more happy clients. More time comes from having a more amazing team. 
and more joy is about what it brings to you. And so if you're afraid that scaling your personal brand is going to be impossible because it's not going to be good for you, it's not going to be good for your team, and it's not going to be good for your clients, I really challenge you to rethink about it as actually this is the best thing that you can do for your team, for your clients, and for yourself. Just in summary, if we want to give you that one thought to walk away with, remember that if you have the right result structure and you're really honed in on that result, then you can define a core process that people will buy into and they're not going to worry about whether it's you delivering it or a team member. And I think the core thing to recognize here is that it's really easy to know when you've got this right. Like it's really easy to know when you've honed in on the result structure and the core process to the right degree. And that's when you've got the offer. You don't personally deliver all of it. Maybe you don't personally deliver any of it, but you never get that objection of, oh, I only want to work with you. That's how you know that you figured out how to scale, even though you're still a personal brand. That's where we're at. We don't get objections ever that people will only work if they get to be on a call with myself or Jill. And that's how I know that our result structure is right. And you won't be the bottleneck. As you were saying, Brianne, you can choose to be part of the delivery process. Absolutely. But you don't have to be the be all and the end all of it. Yeah. You're not required to be there to show up, to put time and attention into those things. And so you can actually focus on the other things you want to be doing in your business and growing it that way from there. All right. So I think that sums us up pretty good. Thank you everyone for joining us today. We're going to be back next week because the break is over. We got weekly episodes coming for you. More myths that we are busting. Can't wait to have you join us next week on another episode of the Visionary CEO podcast. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Visionary CEO podcast, hosted and produced by Brian Dick and Jill Giovanazzo. For more information about anything you've heard on the show, visit us on the web at visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast. You can keep the conversation going on social media too. Just use the hashtag visionaryceopodcast. This has been a Podcast Taxi radio production for the Visionary CEO Academy. Hey, it's Brianne here. I just wanted to let you know that everything we're talking about in today's episode is part of what we do with clients at the Visionary CEO Academy. We've got a great program for strategists, coaches, and other online business owners that helps you scale from low or mid six figures to seven figures and beyond quickly, sustainably, and profitably. But most importantly, while keeping your values and your vision front and center. So whenever you're ready, just head on over to visionaryceoacademy.com slash podcast for more info and to get started.